welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And for the first, not the first time ever, but I picked a movie this week, which Yay! means it's going to be sentimental. It's going to have love. It's going to make you cry. And it's going to be animated. If you have not seen Oliver and Company, stop listening to the podcast. Go and watch it first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and if you haven't in a while, stop listening to the podcast. Go watch the movie because you need to. And, and, and if you like it, go to Google and then see how criminally underrated it is on Rotten Tomatoes. And, yeah. then, and then go through the same process that we all did. Where we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and now listen to us. Go to bat and talk about why. And I will go, you know, I always like making strong choices. So I'm going to say that this is one of Disney's best movies ever. Ever. Oh, high praise. It's a diamond in the rough, I'd say. I think that that if you don't like this movie, then you just don't want to talk about classism. This movie's an uncut gem. Yeah, <laughs> and the movie we're talking about. See, I mentioned that's an opening for me to be like, I disagree. Oh, uh, I disagree, Adam Gary. Samper. Oh my god, I, I do Gary. agree. I do agree. Oh, oh good. Thank goodness. I do I think like, it's oh, my an god. uncut gem. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. I was like, wait, Katie, wait, you don't like it? Oh. I was like, oh, no, no, I love it. I love it. It's just uncut gems and the reference. Oh my god, it, it was wide no, open. It was wide open. I was like, oh, but wait. I was like, wait. Jokes aside, I, I, I wait, but thank God. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I I was interesting. So I've been watching Jake S. Weissman's film stuffs every week, and he had uh, he had Christian from Dime Store Films on uh, from Chicago, and they had this interesting discussion about VHS and how like certain movies only exist on VHS, and like what is it about VHS? It got me really thinking, and then we watched Oliver and Company, and this is a movie that is definitively in my head. A VHS movie, I see the VHS mm-hmm. like plastic like clamshell cover and the tape. Uh, even though I own it on Blu-ray, even though it's on, even though we just watched it in in, in lovely HD on Disney Plus on our big TV, like yeah, flex. Um, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I still like picture like that's a movie that's that's a VHS movie to me. Just like just like uh, Toy Story is a VHS movie to me, or like Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast or something like that. Like I see the tape. Um, cause it existed in my childhood and in my house. Like that's, that's one reason I knew another reason, like, you know, Taylor's totally my soulmate is like the intensity. She loves this movie. And it like was, it wasn't a hidden gem for us. It was in the zeitgeist. It existed. It was big in our home and probably cause my dad fucked with Billy Joel. Um, and that's probably how they got a lot of parents in the theater on this one. Uh, but I, that was, it's always been around for me. Yeah, this this movie is is my movie. Um, I'm currently looking at we collect Disney pins. We are Disney adults through and through. But like my mm-hmm. board is just full of Tito, Francis. It's Oliver. It is Dodger. Like if I and I have the biggest Georgette that you can own for a pin that is so exclusive. And I just got new. I just got new Oliver and Company pins last week. Oh, yeah, where he's in the banana peel. Yeah. Just got kicked into the garbage by the hot dog man. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> Oliver, Oliver is so sad. And then you got Dodger with his with his flowers about Street to sing. Street Savoir Faire. Yeah. I mean, like. Taylor, you also have the the McDonald's Christmas ornaments of Oliver and Dodger from, like, uh, from like when the movie came out. I have um, very, just, like, I've had... Birthdays, Vintage, birthdays themed around 
Oliver and Company, I would say. Um, wow, the love is real. Adult, adult birthdays. Yes, adult <laughs> birthdays. And finally, if... Because this is an 80s movie. We weren't, none of us were alive for this. No. And mm-hmm. finally, if I could sing any song on karaoke and think that it would just like slay everyone at the bar, it would be perfect as an easy. And I think it's highly underrated. And I think it is just... <laughs> Bette Midler. Right. That, yeah, thank God. And I think that this should be a 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock number. <laughs> I know what time it is. I know the like, sayings. You know uh, me. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but anyhow. I don't even know what that phrase means. Oh, it's a, it's a like a Broadway. See, it, you know yeah. more than me. Katie knows what I'm talking about. But um, mm-hmm. it, I think that this, this should be in someone's repertoire. Like, I think it is just anywho. I feel good. I feel like the episode's done. Like, it's we, over with. It's <laughs> done. <laughs> Um, but yes, well, like I, I guess this is my, then, like, go ahead, Katie. So, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, please. please I am yeah. like going crazy. <laughs> the, the, the question then would be like, what is it about this movie then Taylor that speaks to you? Oh my God. The question I've always been wishing someone would ask me. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, I think if I can sum up it's probably the first movie where I think I discovered some things about my taste that will just like knock me out solid. Um, I'm a such an underdog um, story. Like that's what I love and that's how I, I think I just like identify with that. And I mm-hmm. think that this story is so that I loved cats when I was in second grade. My like Chris birthday present was getting a, an orange tabby. So I think Aww. that that really got me, and like I really, it's a it's very sad because the cat ended up running away because we got a dog, um, mm-hmm. but like I think I was I've always wanted to be a cat person. I've always wanted cats to love me. I loved my that orange cat a little bit too much, Fluffy. I used to put him in American Girl doll um, clothes. Oh. <laughs> Didn't like it. Um, but I'm an underdog. I love music. I love animals being together. I think it's, mm-hmm. like, the funniest thing. But I think I also, like, it's a gang of friends who are all trying to protect each other. And I'm like, that. this movie is everything. And I think I also, I just, it's like, it brings back every childhood memory, which is probably why I'm like, oh, this movie's great. It has no problems. Because I love childhood. And you can't take that away from me. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love that it's a story about, um, like, um, how to get out of problems and, and like, poor people are good. And, right. mm-hmm, um, and it's just funny. All Katie, right. was this like? Did this movie like exist in in, in your childhood, or is like this like uh, like a, a home on the range late late in life? Oh, no, no, no. I'm very familiar with this movie. This was one of my favorites uh, growing up. I I really loved and enjoyed it. I found the characters extremely charming. Um, uh, how could you not? Billy Joel as uh, Dodger mm. was always really fun. He has one of the best numbers and the the sets in the, the background art in this movie, I always thought was just like, it, it made me really want to go to New York it's as stunning. a kid. Yeah, and it, it just um, it, it it there's a there's a grittiness to this movie that isn't in a lot of like the more classic Disney films. For sure. Um, 
but in and it, it's it's rough around the edges because you you don't have the the polishness of the classics and you don't have the polished style of the Disney Renaissance. This is like the film right before the Disney Renaissance kicked into gear. And it's it's nice. I was talking to Erica about this yesterday and she was noting how the artwork, how you can see some of the some of the pencil lines and uh, how that kind of roughness of animation, it, it feels kind of like tactile. And that there's something very, very dear and, and very cool about that kind of uh, artwork. And um, watching it as an adult now, I, uh, I, I was struck by it because, because I, I, I watch this semi-frequently as an adult because I, I still love it. I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with Taylor in that like this movie reminds me very much of my childhood. I think that we have very similar tastes. Again, uh, when we discussed favorite Disney movies, I brought up The Great Mouse Detective, which was the movie right before this. So mm-hmm. we, we seem to have been drawn to around the same era that is kind of overlooked. And um, watching it as, as, as an adult, I, I was really struck, or at least in this most recent viewing, I, when, when you talked about crying, I actually did cry this time. And mm-hmm. th- th- there's, there, coming at it now is just I'm so scared for that little girl even though I've seen this movie a million times, th- there's a little girl that gets kidnapped, and I I worry about her safety being in the clutches of this loan shark. There's a chase scene that is genuinely brutal. Dogs just die in very horrific ways, yeah. and like the the bad guy just gets run over, and it's just like that child could have been run over. Like all those dogs, this like guy who kind of messed up, but he's doing his best. Fagin, he could. Anyone could have died at any... Oliver could oh, have yeah. died at the beginning of the movie when he, when like that box got almost swept into the gutter. Oh. That could have been it. That could have been the whole movie. He could have been dead. And it, it's just, there's a real sense of New York style danger that is present throughout this entire film that gives For me real. an absolute heart attack as an adult. But I'm also really drawn to that because I feel like fear is a big part of childhood. And... um Especially in like a big city like New York, and so I really appreciate having that kind of sense of danger. And then the other thing that I really appreciate on this most recent viewing is Dodger's character acting. Um, there are moments in the film where his cool guy facade gets kind of poked through, and uh, there there's a moment where he's kind of talking about he he's lying about where he got the food for everyone, and when his ruse is revealed to not be as cool as he made it sound. He, he does this very interesting character thing where he shuts down and he goes and watches TV. And you see the screen reflected in his cool guy sunglasses because he's trying to block everything out. And that same moment happens again when Oliver confesses to the crew that he'd rather live in this nice home with this girl than with them. And it's clear that he's so hurt and he's not very in touch with his feelings. And all he can do is shut down and once again watch TV with those sunglasses on. And I just thought that was so clever and so relatable. And it really got to me as an adult because I know what it's like when somebody acts that way. And that that comes from a place of fear and love. And I just, I don't know, I just, I just really appreciate that. It's nice to have you both on the show because, like, Taylor also is like, Dodger needs to go to therapy. And you guys are both, like, <laughs> yeah. hitting on things that I'm like... I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? And I'm just like wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm, like, and, you know, I'm like, whoa. Like, but um, <laughs> I was like, why? I'm just like fucking like wearing a red handkerchief and shit. 
Um, <laughs> you are a scraggle dog, Luke. Oh, totally. I, I get that vibe. No, there's something to it. Like, like even on that intro of, like, of the kitties getting picked before Oliver, and then it's raining. I'm like, I can't watch this. I was like, Taylor, I'm going to the other room. I was like, this sucks. I was like, it's so sad. And, like, they, mm-hmm. you're right. That it's, it's, there's probably something about it that it's, like, it's a dangerous movie, and the consequences are kind of real in this flick. Like, so the viewer does believe genuinely that things could not necessarily work out. There's something to mm-hmm. that. Some, sometimes those... uh those stakes are taken away if you're playing it too safe. Can we, the we should um, should we have? Are you gonna pick a moment, or should we have Katie summarize? Katie should summarize first. Okay, sure. Uh, yes. so uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, this film is loosely based on uh, <laughs> Oliver Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. And um, there's a couple of films. It, it's very interesting to watch, like, Jeffrey Katzenberg talk about this movie and some of, like, the extra credits, where he talks about how there's some Disney films that you can put in the category of being a fairy tale, and there's some that you put in the category of being classic literature. And I hadn't thought about it that hard before, but I guess this is in about the same category as 101 Dalmatians, which is also based on a book. And um, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize the the wait, the latter that Dalmatians was based on a book. I, I was just like, oh, Walt, he's done it again. <laughs> I just thought that was like, a, I just thought it was made up, even though a lot of that shit is based on IP. Mm-hmm. I hadn't realized that either in, in, until I was an adult. It, it's it's really interesting how um, they they were able to take these existing properties and really make them their own, and that is fully on display here. Instead of uh, being a, a little orphan boy. Oliver, in this case, is a tiny, teeny tiny orange cat. Um, and he, at the beginning of the film, you see him in a box being sold with the rest of his siblings. And it gets to a point where the kitties get priced down so that they become free and still nobody wants him. And this big rainstorm comes and he almost dies and gets swept into the gutter, but he makes it out. And you're like, good, this kitty's going to be okay. And he's on the street on the streets the rough streets of new york and he's just trying to survive and he eventually uh meets this really cool dog named dodger voiced by billy joel who's a scraggle dog he is of the streets and he kind of uh ropes him into stealing these hot dogs and oliver is very hungry and he's willing to go for it and the two of them end up getting away with the hot dogs but dodger actually ends up conning oliver and Oliver might be a tiny kitty, but he's not one to back down after being wronged. So he yeah. follows Dodger to his uh, to his home, where it turns out that he lives with a bunch of other scraggle dogs with this homeless man, Fagin, on the docks. And they all are a crew of, of canines <laughs> that uh, steal, essentially, from New Yorkers. They're pickpockets, just like the in um, Oliver Twist the uh the orphans that steal for for that version of fagin and this version of fagin is a lot nicer and he's just doing his best and he owes some money to this horrible land shark or land shark it is that the phrase loan shark loan shark excuse me a loan shark thank you luke um and he, he finds himself in a lot of trouble he needs to come up with money and uh, they're hoping to steal from from rich people again. And there's this big ruse where they uh, try to carjack, question mark, uh, this nice limousine <laughs> that happens to carry this girl who's rich and does have parents, but she's an orphan in spirit because her parents aren't there. And so she is, you know, a lonely rich kid. 
and she ends up scooping up Oliver, who gets left behind after this failed ruse, and brings him home to her rich, lavish house. And her dog, Georgette, voiced by Bette Midler, who is not about no longer being top dog in the house. Like, she doesn't want any other animal in there. And um, the dogs, Fagin's dogs, try to get Oliver back. And uh, Georgette kind of does a ruse to, like, make it seem like Oliver's been in trouble. And eventually Oliver, the dogs end up kidnapping Oliver from this little girl, essentially. Although he doesn't, he's fine. Or they, 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 they think they're rescuing him. And um, he kind of confesses that he really grew to love this girl, Jenny, and wants to go back. And that really hurts Dodger, who thought that, like, Oliver was, like, his little buddy. And, um, but he's not great at communicating that at all, that he misses him. So, uh, but in the end, they kind of, Fagin tries to put Oliver up for ransom for somebody who he believes is a rich man, but is just this little girl. So Jenny tries to come back to uh, get Oliver after she receives this ransom note and she just has like the saddest little piggy bank and tries to use it to buy Oliver back and Fagin cannot take her money like as as desperate as he is he can't just take money from this tiny child so he tries to give Oliver back but then the the loan shark Sykes ends up kidnapping the little girl and they go on a big chase to save her and in the end, Oliver ends up going home with uh, Jenny. Uh, the the lone shark dies horrifically, and everybody lives happily ever. Question mark. The one thing about this movie that I think would be different if it were made today is I think at the end Jenny's parents would show up and give Fagin a job, but I don't think nice. that that was the thinking yeah. in the '80s. Like I think they were like sometimes. They're like that that fucking yeah. freeloader. <laughs> no way. No, I that that's the, the plot gets kind of weird and murky in mm-hmm. the back like twenty minutes, doesn't it? Like I'm 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 thinking about like sausage necklaces and like mm-hmm. Georgette singing. I'm not thinking about the weird like terror that is the back end. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that it gets pretty gritty at the at the end there. Yeah, I think that, and that's what's funny is I thought that because I was like I'm gonna read some reviews because. I am just dumbfounded on what what's so annoying to people or what they don't like about it. N- there's not a lot mentioned about the plot, but you know what, people? They didn't like the animation. Weird. I, think, um, I, think it's I don't understand that. And then, two, they called the characters bland. No and way. I was like, are you serious? Ooh. You're telling me a... What's bland uh, about Tito? He's hilarious. Yeah, Tito. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. And then you're telling me that Francis, a Shakespeare-loving, um, what is it, a bulldog? Very distinct. Mm-hmm. Very, very distinct. And then old Frank? Huh. A little gray houndy. Oh, my gosh. Who's the funny one with, like, the cool hair? I can't remember Rita. her name. Rita. She's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, come on, man. Like, these are, they're all very distinct. It's like, oh, I'm sorry if, I'm sorry if Dickens is boring you. Uh, but i just thought that i'm like this i don't really think that when people were writing this review if they were like they didn't realize where animation was headed and i just think Mm -hmm. that this is like a little time capsule of art and i think that some like it this movie what it has going for it that sometimes people don't love is uh it's actually not clean like it's very messy Mm -hmm. and 
And I think it's it's more lifelike like that. And if you're if that's what you're into, then you're gonna love this movie. But if you were looking for something to be clean and animated, like what like basically what they said were Disney standards, then yeah, I guess you're gonna have a problem. But I just think that you're totally missing out on the complete watercolor and like absolutely like genuine depiction of New York City. Intro sequence alone is like worth mm-hmm. the price of admission. Well, like title sequence on that on the, like the background of like New York and like you see the twin towers and everything across like the like I don't know if it's Disney Presents or or it's Oliver and Company, but it's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Um and I think that I'm like was telling Luke I think it's the equivalent of the up sequence, but with animals. Because I'm like... So sad. I'm like, fucking save this cat. Save the cat. Yeah. And I'm like, it is just like, it's the love story. But uh, unfortunately, it's this cat you just so desperately want to find a home for. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it is... I don't... I just... There's so much oh, in Oliver, me. don't be scared. I'm sorry. Though yesterday, Chewy Lewis no breaking my heart. Cared. Dude, it's so fucking sad. It is, man. And then, oh, I just am like, I, I think that maybe people were annoyed at Disney at the time that they were uh, reviewing this. I'm like, I have to think of it more about when this was reviewed than my like 2021. 20, eyeballs and childhood eyeballs sure because i'm like this is this is not the same year like this is not where we are right now is it the same go ahead well you mentioned like there's that documentary uh called waking sleeping beauty that's on disney plus uh it's not like a disney plus original it's a little older than that but uh this was like that like this was sort of like said to be a flick that you know sort of like flicked the light bulb back on and like sort of like kicked off like the renaissance like i know katie said the next like the next movement like was the renaissance but this is the thing that sort of like reinvigorated the passion of like the the artists at disney and stuff like that isn't that what you were talking about earlier yeah and it's like it made enough money to get them i think back on the roll because they were getting to a point where the, the movie itself like walt was dead like in like that like they like they were like the the seventies post Walt dying was like a super weird like finding your footing time right yeah mm-hmm. and they weren't sure what they wanted to do they weren't sure if they were like are we becoming more theme park or are we gonna keep our animators and we're like are we, who are we paying and like you know that Disney did become this huge uh, company that I mean I just having an identity crisis and so I think that. Um, Oliver and Company was it it it's funny to see it rated so low when I, I I truly believe like anyone who watches this movie actually really does enjoy it uh and I feel like the ratings I was surprised I think most people are surprised when it's like when they see that this is rated so low I think it's mostly rated low too because people don't remember it I think it's it's strictly on not remembering it's kind of buried like I, I mean like mm-hmm. the accessibility of having it on the streamer I think is gonna help but you know, there's certain physical release flicks of Disney that weren't, like, easy to find. And when you buy a physical copy of a Disney movie, it doesn't go down in price. No. So then, it, you know, so then it's expensive. And it's like, are you willing to pay 30 bucks for Oliver and Company on Blu-ray? I am, but I don't know how much everybody is. So I don't know. I like the visibility factor of it. Like, Yeah. And second, what, why do you think Disney tried to convince us that everybody was going to steal our pet? That wasn't like, a thing. Why? <laughs> I'm like, Taking care of them. Yeah, I, I think that that's just because that that's such an easy like um, thing to pull at your heartstrings. Like, like if somebody took Orsino, like oh, 
oof, it would destroy me. I wouldn't know what to do. I love that little demon. Like, like he's he's my boy. And I oh. uh, just like like if somebody took Bug and Willoughby, no, like that would be the start of your John Wick movie. Willoughby loved the uh, the flick today. He, yeah. he sat and watched it. Willoughby has oh, been sitting nice. on my lap all weekend, and so he sat and watched it with me. And I was like, uh, I had to lit- I had to turn away like Luke, or I was like, or I'm going to sob. I am going to sob completely. Um, Willoughby could fit like six Olivers in his belly. He's a big kitty. <laughs> and I wonder if this is the reason why like there's an obsession with our generation for our pets. Like is all the Disney um, watching all these animals? Like is that why we love pets so much? Like I, think I know it's we're not ready because for we kids. Don't have the, yeah, because <laughs> we don't have money for children. So it's like, uh, well, we do have money for pets and i do think that there's yeah we, we love them as if they are our children that's for sure i'm always you know me i'm always doing research and i'm thinking i'm like if we were to do a correlation of all of these animated uh dog and cats movies and the amount of love that has grown from our generation for our pets i feel like it could go i don't think it's as crazy as me being like that's why we all have pets there's certainly a a monetary problem but i'm like i we watched i'm like 101 dalmatians the aristocats oliver and company why are all these they're they're like your pets are gonna get stolen well i mean that's love them that's just one of their favorite like it's like one of their batarangs dude it's like which which one are they gonna throw at us to cut our hearts open is it gonna be the dead parent trope or is it gonna be the stolen pet they're classics (laughs) man batman doesn't stop throwing batarangs you know Ah, they work saying I get it now. It's it's the you know it's get, they've got to go on a journey to find themselves back in a mm-hmm. home. Just like total like, what if we did this ag- again? It's yeah, kind of a, it's kind of a great, a great little uh little mold they have going over there. I love it. I'll keep paying money for the same thing, so it's not a knock. But ha- have they done it since? Because I feel like all those movies came in a row too. I'm like I can't think of a new. Oh my gosh, my pet's gonna get stolen. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Bolt? I mean, Lady Gaga. Ooh. I didn't watch Bolt. I didn't either. But that reminds me oh. of, like, La- Lady Gaga's pet was just stolen. And that was mm-hmm. in the news. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Um, they probably watched these movies. The fear is real. <laughs> that's a bad joke, but my on my end. But anywho. She's not listening. Me? No, Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> Sorry, Lady Gaga, about your pet. No, she's really not going to listen. In case, she, in case she does. All right, yeah. I'll shout her out. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I think one uh, of the, the reasons why this movie is, or might have been looked at a little bit critically, uh, not so hot as some of the other Disney movies, I think I think it's a couple of things. Like, again, this is just right before the Disney renaissance. Like, pe- I just don't think people were quite ready yet. I think another element to it as well is, uh, I think critics in general, and... Again, I don't have a lot to support this. This is just a gut feeling. But I don't think that critics are very open or receptive to talking animal movies as a general rule. Like, Weird. I think that if uh, they are watching a Disney movie, they want to watch animated princesses or people in general. Like, I think that for a lot of critics, it's just very difficult for them to mentally relate to talking animals. Sure. And I think that that's just a gigantic barrier. And again, I'm just going off of a gut feeling here, but but I think that it, it, part of it is a matter of con- being able to connect with the material uh, for a lot of these critics. 
Um, and I, I think another part of it too is again, this is a this is an in between movie where uh, again, this was really invigorating the Disney Renaissance, but we weren't quite there yet. So you have, and, and Erica told me this, this blew my mind. You have the first uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken song uh, of. For Disney, which is uh, Once Upon a Time in New York City. Oh my God, of course it is. Of course it is. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that, but oh my God, that's so revelatory because it's like, oh my God, it's uh, that song grabs us by the balls, dude. Just because, (laughs) like, just because, like, it's it's the precursor to like fucking all the other bangers that like we still like absolutely adore from like Mermaid and stuff. Yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah, it is sad too. But but think about it. Like Oliver doesn't have an "I want" song. Like like you guys watched um the that I'm sure that the Howard Ashman documentary on, oh, on yeah. Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and he, that was one of his big things is that like uh, your main character has to have like an "I want" song, and that's not present here. We we weren't quite there yet uh, with Disney movies, and I think it's certainly certainly implied visually in the movie. I, I think it tracks if if you're paying attention that this poor kitty just wants to be picked like the rest of his siblings it's never spoken but but you see it but i think for for critics it, it's just helpful to have like that i want song to really solidify like what does this character really want out of the story and oliver never says like i want a home i want acceptance i want to belong um i, I want to be safe but it, it's it's just implied and and i think that if there was just that like little extra step i feel like that would have been a little bit easier for critics just so Oliver they're like that, that makes that him less pl- thus bland if he says it if he says he what he wants he hit me with that wins it my turn yeah <laughs> that's so funny cuz i don't think and now that like i don't think i've ever thought about this until you said it but i actually don't even think of it as oliver's story i like oh, think of it as everyone else's story and i think and and i don't think i ever thought about it other than right it's now it's called oliver and company i know he's the main character i know he is but i feel like it, it feels more about the all these people banding together to help out this like no little helpless dog. kitty who doesn't really have a voice you know what I, and it's weird because it's making me think of the Rockadoodle episode is just stuck in my mind on yeah, repeat. You really all the time. like it, yeah. But I'm like thinking about the little kid, and I'm like, even the little kid is the main character. But I don't think of him as the main character. I think of I'm I think I'm a just sucker for also like side characters too. So I'm like I I feel more about Dodger figuring out that not everybody's gonna always be with him, but that's okay. Georgette's got to get over being the number one. And well, like, if that is so, though, and it's not, a, I'm not knocking it, but that is probably a detriment to the goal of the movie. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's a, probably a reason, like, if critics agree with that. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're not like, they're not you where they still love the flick. They're like, well, why don't I care more about the main character? Very true. That's so funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if if that's if that's a consensus, and 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 you did say in the reviews that the characters felt indistinct. If they're talking about the the titular yeah kitty cat, I mean that, that I mean yes, that's that's totally an acceptable gripe. A hundred percent. I think the longevity of the careers of the of of these of the people uh, in this flick is crazy because it's not Joey Lawrence like as Oliver. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. he still works. Like those Lawrence kids, man. Like. Uh, and then Billy Joel is still kicking, you know what I mean? Still a legend, still rocking, rocking fucking houses and shit. So. Although I do want to share with you one of my favorite pieces of trivia I read about this movie, which Please. was phrased as thus. This is the only role, this is the only film role Billy Joel has of any consequence. 
And what they meant by that is this is the the only like non cameo role he's ever done. And uh, but but I'd love to see more of him. Uh, I thought he did a great job uh, embodying Dodger. Agreed. I mean, and, those, and it's also like you have Cheech Marin in there who's still alive and kicking and like still mm-hmm. like putting out content with Tommy Chong. Uh, Bette Midler, as Taylor said, who they're going to do Hocus Pocus 2, so she's still in the Disney family, right? Oh, and she's a Broadway legend. Of course, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, so it's just like, like it's, it's, a, it's a cast that I think uh, with the longevity of those careers also helps it uh, hold up a bit, too. Oh, yeah. I think that it's safe to say that I convinced every, our cats can't like handle Like, just it. shredding a chair in the background, just climbing <laughs> up it. I don't understand it. Like, they literally just climb up things with their with their talons. Willoughby's here to say. Willoughby, um, do you like it? He literally, he has been trying to interrupt this episode all He's jumped the on the desk by the mic, and he has now, he has now shredded his way into our hearts. Uh, but he wants to say that this you, this is the movie you should be watching. It's a good movie. Uh, go find it on Disney Plus and go enjoy a story and, and bring your cat or whatever animal you have that's the love of your life. Put it on your lap and watch this movie. And if you need to cry, it's a good movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Also, at some point, the story was going to be that they were going to steal a panda from a zoo for Sykes. Uh, it would have been an entirely different movie. Yeah, that's yeah. another piece of like fun trivia that I read about this movie, and I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, probably yeah, the wrong route. That it, it ended up being exactly the, the movie it should have been. Yeah, totally. That sounds like Madagascar meets like the mob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've talked Oliver and Company out the doors. Great. I want to do... <laughs> I, Katie, I have two suggestions. I think we should do extra credits, and I also mm-hmm. think today is the Oscars, and by the time this airs, Oscars will... Yeah. It'll be a week old. But I think we should You just... want to Nostradamus it and see if we're right? Yes. Oh, I think... oh no, I didn't study. Uh, just I don't we'll just do, we'll be, just do oh, like, we'll best picture. We'll just just do best, best okay. picture. Just that. I don't... I couldn't do any more either. So that was only my thought um i'll go first i'm picking because i wanted to win i think that promising young women should win um i think it's a movie that we'll be talking about for many years to come and it's the most um uh talk i think if people don't realize how much they will talk about this movie and then my extra credit is my friend got me to watch um the haunting the haunting of hill house I'm always mm-hmm. so bad at titles. Uh, and I thought I wasn't going to be able to handle it, but I literally stayed up till four in the morning watching it. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's, yeah, those are mine. Luke? Oh, I hope Promising Young Woman wins. I hope they win. I hope they sweep everything. Like, I, I, I think that's that's an excellent movie. And um, I saw an awesome, I saw an awesome uh, award award season billboard for it when I was driving the other day. And it was like, it's like only one movie ignited ignited a conversation this like this year. Like, are, are you listening? And it was like Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman, and I'm like, that's fucking true. And like, I, and I don't mean like, of course that's not the case. Like, I don't think it meant it, like I think they meant it like hyperbolically because of like Judas and the Black Messiah isn't my other like favorite of this year. Oh yeah, fucking love that movie, and I love Mank. Mank was on my list, so like you know, I, it's not like I didn't. I'm I'm, I'm here for all of it, but. Um, I really love Promising Young Woman, so I, I I would like for that to win. I think something based on history has more of a propensity, 
like one of these like like Chicago Seven or uh, one of the other ones that you know Hollywood gets excited about. But I would prefer it to be that. Um, I also I hope I hope to goodness sake that Daniel Kaluuya wins uh, an Oscar tonight because that dude like I loved Lakeith in the the movie and Lakeith is outstanding in the movie absolutely outstanding um but Daniel Kaluuya I think went to that went to a just like a a whole new plane of 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 existence with this flick and I was really taken by it um so I hope he wins something too but we bought uh, both seasons all 20 episodes of Detroiters on Apple and that shit we mentioned it last week too and we're about done with it is so fucking funny and like Thank goodness Tim Robinson continues to work by way of, like, uh, the Netflix show. Uh, I think you should leave. And then also, like, Sam Richardson is another revelation to me and not the world. I saw he was in casting news this week for, like, a horror comedy, and I was really pleased by that. Um, it's the funniest shit, it's the funniest shit I've, I've seen in a long time. I, I can't uh, express it world. enough. And it's, like, they're, like they're ad they're ad pitchmen so it just gives way for them to be like insane and do sketches all the time even though in the context of like an actual plot which is really delightful to me you just let people you just get to work and they're just crazy like they're just insane batshit crazy uh can't recommend it enough other than that i haven't really watched yeah. a ton you know that's a lot 20 episodes of something is a lot yeah not to you you devour content you're the Galactus of content. You devour planets. <laughs> I, uh, I do. But those are mine. Katie? Uh, I've been watching a lot of preschool shows to uh, to do some research because I'm, I'm trying to write a new uh, preschool pilot, so I'm trying to get ideas. And out of all the shows that I watched yesterday, the one that I really enjoyed the most was the show called Bluey. Have you guys heard of it? No. No, but this is good for me. It's this adorable Australian cartoon uh, about the this family of I, I think they're all Australian shepherds, and um, if I understand it correctly, the mom works and the dad is a stay-at-home dad, and it's just about him playing with the daughters, Bluey and her sister uh, Bingo, and just they there's just little lessons that they learn like about sharing and like like one of the episodes that I um, that I watched was about. Um, they have a uh, a xylophone, and every time they nice. hit the xylophone, the the dad has to freeze. And the way that he plays it is like he he's so invested in playing with his his daughters that it that it seems like the xylophone almost is magic because he's like perfectly in place. And he, and when he's frozen, the the girls can like. Uh, like put makeup on him and stuff and like it's really fun for them and when they they hit it again he unfreezes and he can chase them and um it, it it's it's so dear and so sweet and it it felt i i spent a lot of my time thinking like i gotta come up with like this big serious idea that that's like a world and everything and this is just a nice sweet relaxing show and i think the parents are just really well written and it's just delightful and the kids are voiced by kids which is nice so i'd recommend bluey for sure it's a i believe it is acquired by disney jr so i think it might be on disney plus oh nice Um, but yeah that one's really good as for best picture um i i think minari has a really good chance Mm. um i i love sound of metal 
though. Um, oh, I forgot. But I and um, if if Chadwick Bosman doesn't win Best Actor, I hope Riz Ahmed does because I think he just like blew that out of the water. I think he did a great, great job. Um, and the only uh, an- best animated film, I hope it's Wolfwalkers. Oh, right, rock on. What is it? Mm-hmm. I hope Wolfwalkers uh, wins um, best animated feature. I am uh, haven't seen that one either, but I'm all for I, I Katie, I watched Claws and I don't think I ever told you this. And I'm like, that movie was really, really good. And I'm all for shaking it up. Oscars need to shake it up. The world needs to be shaken up a little bit. And even though we're big Disney fans, everybody should be watching different things. Yeah, for sure. But uh, to, to suck Disney's dick one more time, uh, I also <laughs> forgot that I watched the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which ends as Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, uh, they like re- literally retitled the show at the end of the at the end of the series, uh, and Sam Wilson dons an incredible Captain America suit and wields the shield and is captain america uh wings and goggles and shield and all and it's 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 red white and blue and and wonderful uh the show was you know like don't get me wrong like a little bit murky plot wise but that's okay like it it ended up giving me a good dose of what i'd been missing in a in a marvel marvel less kind of year during covid and uh while i enjoyed wandavision uh as an experience i you know it still wasn't it was still definitely like a take and I like takes, but mm-hmm. it, it isn't like, you know, when, when you, when I've eaten up 20 plus movies of the, of the same little formula, I still want more, you know, you, you got me addicted to that drug. So yeah. it's Falcon, and the Winter, Falcon, the winter soldier definitely went more down that road. So I had to say that him in the costumes crazy. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> mm. and Anthony Mackie is just ready for it, you know? And mm-hmm. they announced that like the showrunner is now going to tackle a Captain America four, like a uh, like back to movies with these characters. So I'm excited. Nice. That's it. I just had to make sure I said it. All right. Disney dope. Oh, and with, I also oh, wanted to, sorry, before we do the with that said, just wanted to drop this in the bucket. I didn't see a lot of the adapted screenplays or the ones nominee, the nominees for best adapted screenplay, but I'm with you guys on Promising Young Woman. I hope that takes home uh, best original screenplay. Oh, yes. Oh, me too. Oh, oh me too. Very good. All righty. Take us out. With that being said, I'm Taylor. I'm Katie. I'm Luke. And you have a good one, folks.